And now, from the Diamond to the Dugout, it's the Twins Nation Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. Twins Nation, this is Joe and Matt back with you this week. How, how are you doing, Matt? I hear you're recovering from a long weekend. Uh, yes. Um, hello, everybody. Um, yeah, I played, uh, we had a tournament this weekend that we play in every year on Labor Day weekend, and it's kind of one of them deals. It's in a small town in South Dakota, out in the middle of nowhere, no service. So, <laughs> and... You know, we bring campers out there to stay out there for the weekend. And, you know, obviously we bring generators for power. And and it was a warm one this weekend. I know hmm. um, when we played our first game on Saturday, it, was, it wasn't too bad. It was bearable. It was overcast. And then I think one night we played our second game around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It was It was pretty close to 100 degrees, and there was not a cloud in the sky. So... And then, of course, Sunday was just as warm, if not warmer. And but it was all fun. It's just spent a lot of time in the heat playing ball, and you know, it was you know, as always, it's a fun tournament to play in, and you know, and that just kind of ends softball for me for the season. So, other than that, and yeah, today I'm just kind of taking it easy at home and in the air conditioning and recovering. Yeah, and. uh if you want, since it's Labor Day, there's afternoon baseball on. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, so let's see. So our uh, our boys this week um, had a decent, uh, decent week. Um, they lost one series and uh, won the next series. Uh, the, it seems like the overriding issue now, nowadays is, uh, the bullpen seems to be struggling quite a bit, um, uh, in, um, I don't know if, if that's what you've noticed too, because it seems like our, our, at least the bottom two or three starters are unfortunately going a bit shorter than they have been and uh therefore the bullpens had to be used quite a bit more it seems like and uh so maybe they're a little tired yeah i definitely noticed uh during the cleveland series when we we had to rely on the bullpen um yeah it seemed like uh they kind of struggled a little bit especially in wednesday's game um yeah giving up you know, a lot of runs. Um, yeah, you know, but that's also where a lot of our injuries are kind of right now where, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have those guys and, you know, that we need to 
kind of keep our bullpen somewhat consistent, you know, and, uh, and like I said, you know, having to call guys up, like bring up Cole Sands all the time and bring up like, you know, bringing up Cody Funderburg, which we will talk about him here in a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, we're just, we're calling up these guys who, you know, are consistently playing, you know, in the bullpen with, you know, with the twins, you know, they're mostly down in minors and, you know, it's just, we're doing it to keep fresh arms and, you know, and it's just doing what we can to, you know, try and stay alive. Yeah. And, uh, but in, in, in like in the case of Cody Funderburg, but in, in his second appearance kind of put him in a tough spot there. Um, we'll get to that. So, um, so, as you alluded to, their first series this week was against Cleveland. Um, they won the first game 10-6 to while we were recording <laughs> uh, last week. And uh, uh, that one was a slugfest while we were on the air, and then they quit scoring once we, once we kind of stopped ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, in that game, uh, Royce Lewis hit a grand slam. And uh, he became the first win to ever hit a grand slam in back-to-back games. Um, so that was kind of a cool note. Um, and I guess I'm a little surprised that a guy like uh, maybe uh, Armin Hildy never never did that. Um, although I mean it's a it's a unique feat. So I mean not the most surprising thing. But that wouldn't happen two days in a row. Um, and in that, uh, also, Matt Walner and Jorge Blanco uh, went deep. The aforementioned Cody Funderburg, who was uh, brought up earlier that day, made his major league debut and threw two scoreless innings. As And um, uh, Josh Winder threw three scoreless innings in that game. To uh, keep keep uh, Cleveland's bats silent after they got some runs off of the starter that day. Um, then it looked like looked like Twins scored all their runs that night because they, they couldn't manage more than two runs against Cleveland the next two days, losing four to two and five to two. Despite uh, Royce Lewis homering again, and Michael A. Taylor set a career high in uh, home runs, he got number twenty. Um, one thing that might be a little concerning from Tuesday's game is uh, Pablo Lopez seemed to struggle a little bit. Uh, he only gave up three runs in six innings, but he kind of threw a lot of pitches to get through six. Um, Kind of looked like it was, the, I believe it was the first inning that he struggled in the most. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he got through it, and uh, and uh, but we just didn't score enough uh, to recover from that poor start from him. Uh, and then five to two on Wednesday, and that was a game that you alluded to where the bullpen really struggled. Uh, they gave up. 
five unanswered runs. Uh, the big blow uh, came in the tenth inning, where they Cleveland scored their five runs that were unanswered. Uh, the big blow was a three-run homer off of Cody Funderburk, but he was kind of put in a tough situation there. He brought in with two guys on base, and he just threw a fastball with a hit-me sign on it. But a really tough spot to put a rookie in. Um, you know? So Yeah. You know, and other than that home run, I think he's... You know, in that first series, I thought I was pretty impressed with what he did, you know. And, you know, obviously that home run was in a situation that, you know, it was a tough situation for a guy who hasn't seen a lot of, obviously a lot of time in the majors. And, you know, I mean, it's one of them things that you can just, that hopefully he, when he comes back, he just, you know, learns from it, you know, and see, you know changes you know makes adjustments to you know not fall into that position again but no other than that i mean i i'm i was pretty impressed with him you know with his you know two days of pitching i don't know about you but uh definitely was impressed with the first one second one again he was put in a real tough situation coming in with two runners on base that he didn't put there um and uh, um, third game he pitched, he recovered nicely. Um, there was a odd play in the ninth inning, kind of an odd play, where uh, Twins were leading and they had um, uh, closer. Oh, uh, uh, Duran in to try to close out the win. But he threw a wild pitch behind the batter all the way to the backstop. Um, at first, it looked like it might have hit hit the batter, um, but it but it uh, did miss him. And it also looked like while the hitter was trying to get out of the way that he might have accidentally swung uh, the bat too far. Um, mm-hmm. So... I uh, could have could have gone the one way it did go, and it was probably the right call. Uh, was bad for the Twins. It allowed a trying run to score, uh, but uh, if in an odd way, if the batter had been deemed as being hit, then at least the runners that were on base would have to go back to their bases, and the Twins might have possibly got out of that. Uh, but uh, uh, also, if they would have could have would have said that the runner or that the hitter did offer that, that um, it would have been a controversial call, but would have helped Twins out too. But I think they really made the right call. Uh, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't end up hitting them, and uh, so unfortunately for the Twins, that's what happened. You know, and I saw a few people commenting on this play saying that this was the play that kind of costed the twins a game and it's you know and i'm i'm gonna be one of them and i'm always one of these coaches too that if we lose a game because of a situation like that it's i look back at 
all the things that happened before that that put us in that situation. No. So, yeah, you can't ever, to me, I mean, you can, you can, I mean, depends on who you are. I try not to ever blame, you know, a, a, a controversial play or an umpire, you know, a reason for losing or, you know, or winning the game. It's just, yeah. Cause sometimes, yeah. Cause sometimes it's, it's what, what happened before that, that puts you in the situation that you are in now that you have to, you know, rely on this play yeah, to go your way, you know? And so, I mean, you know, and I get it. It's fans are going to be frustrated. It was a, you know, it was it was a close call, and you know, and obviously, you thought they made the right call. Um, from the very little that I seen of it, I mean, I think they made the right call also. Yeah, uh, um, definitely, and it just would have been nice because there was plays. There was at least one play leading up to that where uh, I think it was a comebacker to. Uh, Giron uh, that he fumbled that could have possibly been a double play, um, but they only got one out, and uh, then he threw that wild pitch, and uh, that was all she wrote for the the save. And then, then uh, Gon uh, left a couple guys on base and put Thunderbird in a bad situation, and he hung a pitch. And uh, that's all she wrote <laughs> for that day. Uh, so, and then Friday, though, they uh, went down to Texas and they played pretty good. Um, uh, they, they won two out of three games. Um, Friday, they won five to one. Uh, big hit was actually Jordan Luplo. Him in as a Pinch hitter and uh, hit a home run in the seventh inning down in the right field corner. That uh, just one of those balls that seemed to just look like a routine fly ball when it left his bat, but just kept floating. <laughs> well, all of a sudden it went over the fence, and then uh, uh, Vasquez and Fonso followed up with a uh, home run. Um, Vasquez was. was also, kind of like uh, loop loads, where just you didn't think there was any way possible that was going out when he hit it. But they have a nice little right field corner that uh, they both hit, and uh, um, it was very fortunate. Uh, you knew uh, Jorge's was gone when he hit it, though. If you you didn't get to see it, unfortunately, since you were gone, but. Uh, but it was nice to see that, and Joe Ryan got uh, back to what he's been doing most of the season, and, uh, pitching six strong, pretty good innings and striking out seven guys. Uh, Saturday turned into kind of a slugfest, a nine-to-seven win. Um, Donnie Solano, Donovan Solano, had a pretty good game with four hits and a home run. And actually, something he's not known for, he had a nice uh, catch over the shoulder. Uh, he was playing second base. One of these over-the-shoulder uh, catches where he's running up 
into shallow right field and uh, looks like it was going to land in no man's land. Kepler couldn't have got to it fast enough, but but Donnie held up to it and, and, uh, and uh, closed any possibilities for the Rangers to continue to uh, creep back in that game. And uh, the one thing that was really weird about their, or I don't know about weird, but made you wonder about uh, necking. It seemed like Baldelli uh, uh, kind of went crazy with the managing there. He used nine pitchers in that game. Uh, <laughs> and uh, none of them for a lot of pitches, really, but is so it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, did you really have to use nine pitchers? <laughs> and uh, you know, and that's one of the big crazy things, or I should say, a lot of people are kind of complaining about this year is just how he, you know, and, and it's and it's even something he's done with the hitters. You know, he's so worried about splits. Yeah. You know that he's afraid to, you know, have that uneven matchup in there for even just a little bit, you know, and then he just quickly pulls the trigger. And I, you know, with the game being as close as it was pretty much most of the game or for a good part of the game, I mean, he, you know, he had to go back and forth between, you know, go back and forth between relievers. Would normal, you know, managers do that? Eh, probably not, but it's Rocco's just got a kind of a, I don't know. He's just got a different philosophy on these, you know, split matchups that he wants to, you know, he doesn't want to, you know, obviously have a righty versus righty and a lefty versus lefty. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's okay to have that at least for a little bit, I mean, not stick with the guy, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, we've seen him do that when he's brought in guys, you know, like Gallo to pinch hit in a situation where it's like, why would you, you know, I don't care if it is a righty on righty matchup. I'd rather, or I mean, left, lefty on righty. Yeah. yeah. Lefty on lefty. I mean, you know, it, it's, don't you think the other guy might be a little better than Gallo? I mean, it's like, come on, it's, you know, don't be changing it up. So, <laughs> or seems like, uh, you know, like you've got this guy who's in, uh, like Matt Walner, who's known for having a, Pretty good bat, but you pinch hit Jordan Luplo for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. That happened the other day. Now it worked out because Luplo, in that case, drew a, a nice walk. But in the at the surface, you're like, just because the guy he's facing is left-handed, let him. You know, this is his rookie season. Let him absolutely prove that he can't hit lefties before we do this kind of stuff all the time to him. Cause you know, and there's been times where he's removing guys in the fourth inning. You know, like, really? We're going to use pinch hitters now? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's got a quick trigger with that stuff. Yeah. And so uh, then the other downer in that uh, is Michael A. Taylor uh, had to be uh, removed from the game due to an injury and has since been put on the injured list. He uh, 
got a bit of a hamstring issue, looks like. Um, hopefully it's not too serious, but they're going to give him the next week and a half off. See if they can't uh, get that rested and salt. Uh, and uh, uh, in a corresponding move with that, they have uh, Willie Castro back uh, from a rehab assignment and uh, also paternity list. So congratulations to the Castro family on adding to uh, the family. But And uh, good to see that Willie's back. Give, give us some more uh, um, uh, diversity. I'm not, I'm losing the word now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I was going to say, how do you choose your words wisely, with, right? With the uh, with the roster there, because of how many how many things he can do uh, defensively and uh, running the bases and. Um, things we've missed since he's went down. So, so that's, it's nice to see that he's back. Uh, and then Sunday, the Twins lost six to five, uh, despite, uh, uh, Lewis getting three hits, uh, two of which came in clutch situations where Twins needed to tie up the game. Um, and he came through in both of those. Seems like we've got a guy who's uh, who's quickly become Mr. Clutch. Um, you know, he's turning into one of those guys where uh, uh, if you could pick a guy you want up in a big situation, looks like uh, a guy who's just uh, pretty much still rookie status has become that guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely been a a spark when the Twins have needed it. Um, you know, he's just, like I said, he's just been very consistent. And, he, you know, and then in those tough situations, he, you know, obviously, you know, comes through and, you know, and obviously it's been very clutch. And, you know, it's great to have that. That's something we need right now as we're trying to, you know, stay ahead in this division. So, and hopefully, you know, that, that role of his, that he's kind of started with right now continues. Yeah. And it's just all the more amazing to me when you consider how much, you know, it's probably been beaten to death, how much time he's had to lose with injuries the last couple of years and COVID and all this. He hasn't been able to play much baseball, but it, uh, it's almost like it didn't affect him and his ability, uh, which makes it all the more amazing. Uh, just how good he he does appear to be. Uh, tell you who also was amazing this weekend. Unfortunately, the former twin. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Mitch Garver. Uh, may, he. Uh, I don't know if revenge was on his mind, but he played like it. He hit four home runs against us this weekend. Um, so uh, you see that a lot uh, with not just against the Twins, even though, but uh, a lot of guys when they uh, play teams that traded them away, um, 
like they get extra motivation and uh, perform well. And he certainly has done that this year. Uh, yeah, he has. He's uh, been doing pretty decent. I mean, he's, plenty faces you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a couple, you know, he's got a couple hundred bats, you know, this season because he missed some time. And then, you know, you know, in those couple hundred at bats, I mean, he's hit 15 home runs this year. You know, he's batting 280. So, I mean, he's got a war around two. So, I mean, he's, he's been pretty good. He's actually, you know, definitely has, you know, helped out the Rangers when he's healthy. So, yeah. Yeah. He's had trouble with that, unfortunately, but, uh, but uh, now that we're not playing them anymore, hopefully he continues that. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and kill everybody else. Quit, quit doing it. Yeah, but no, you know, and, and to be all honest, I mean, it's that was a guy I, who you know, didn't have to trade, but they did. Yeah, I it kind of stunk to trade him, but I get why they traded him, yeah. you know, and you know it's. And I'm kind of, you know, like I said, it's, I mean, it's worked out, you know, okay for both teams. I guess I don't really know who's really been the, been the real, you know, tr- the winner of this, of that trade. Cause we really haven't seen, you know, any of those, you know, obviously we haven't seen those guys come up, you know, the, the, at least the prospects from the deal, we haven't seen them really come up yet and do anything. So but um yeah. no and I'm kind of glad we got the the Rangers number this season so yeah yeah they just I don't know there's just something about with the Rangers they just have a they have a tough time playing against us and you know and it's you know no different with us in the in the Guardians it seems yeah. like yeah our or the freaking Tigers uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah them too but uh well, and the Twins kind of cut the Rangers at the right time. They've been, seems like they've been really struggling as of late. I think they're not in, they're not in first place anymore, are they? No, the uh, Mariners are now ahead. Yeah, so, and they had a pretty healthy lead at one point against mm-hmm. Seattle and and uh, Houston, and both of those teams are, especially Seattle's been playing really well. Yeah, and one of the Rangers' biggest problems so far, you know, is that since they've been struggling, yeah, their bullpen has just been horrendous. Yeah. So it's been, you know, you think we have bullpen issues, they got bullpen issues, so. Yeah, um, despite their abundance of left-handed pitching in that uh, bullpen, because um, I think they have almost – almost a completely left-handed bullpen, but it's, it just hasn't been good um, for some reason. Um, so um, so that's how the week went as far as on the field. Um, off the field, quite a bit's going on, uh, it feels like. Um, note that you passed along to me before we started was uh, just this morning. Uh or I suspect maybe earlier this afternoon, uh, Louis Varlin got activated or recalled from AAA, uh, and Cole Sands got sent back down to AAA. Uh, I think basically 
A, because Cole got used quite a bit this weekend, and uh, so the Twins needed a fresh arm. And I think they want to uh, give Louie a chance to be used, used out of the bullpen. Um, so that looks like maybe that might be his role going forward, or at least maybe. Um, and that could be quite good for the Twins. He brings pretty good stuff to that bullpen. And uh, um, I'm kind of excited because now, you know, he threw hard the way it was as a starter. Now, since he's not going to be used, in, he's not going to be used as many innings. He can really let her fly if he want, if he wants. Yeah, and it sounds like he, what he, I don't know how he pitched a few innings in a relief role when he was down in St. Paul. Yep. Um, knowing that this is probably the plan that the Twins want to go with, you know, because right now with the bullpen being our weakness, you know, as we try and you know make our way to the playoffs, and if we can just you know, if we can get the most we can get out of Varland, you know, as a relief pitcher, I think that would definitely go, go a long way to helping this bullpen. And um, yeah, we might as well just, you know, at this point, we might as well do what we can, you know, even though if it seems a little odd or, you know, or, you know, a head scratching thing, I mean, we just, we got to do something to find some consistency with this, you know, for the bullpen, because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, if we, you know, go in, if the playoff started now, I just, if we, if our pitchers, you know, our starting pitchers don't make it, you know, six innings, mm-hmm. you know, at, you know, at least five, six innings. I mean, we're, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, white knuckle time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, because obviously Pagan has kind of come back down to wherever he fell from. <laughs> and, um, you know, then, like I said, you got the injuries on top of it. And we're using guys that are, you know, we're using, you know, we're using a lot of guys that were swapping in and out of the, from AAA and bullpen and our bullpen. And it's just, we got to have some more consistency, so. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, how this, I guess, the experiment with Varlin goes. Um, I expected, I kind of uh, am excited just to see what kind of, how he does. Um, hopefully it works out. If it doesn't, then I guess we know uh, that he might be better suited to be a starter, but uh, it'll be interesting. Um, some other off the field moves, uh, got some players, uh, on their way back to the big league team. Hopefully, uh, we already got Castro back from a rehab assignment, but also a couple guys who started rehab assignments this past week, uh, Alex Kirloff and Byron Buxton. Um, although Byron, uh, almost immediately had a setback uh, during his. Um, he, uh, they're trying to, uh, I think we discussed it last week, they're finally uh, trying to see if he can hold up uh, to enough, enough to play some outfield uh, when he comes back. 
and it, it's not looking great because uh, uh, he's played a couple games down in St. Paul. He DH'd the first game, and then uh, second game he uh, he played he played some outfield. I might have that backwards. Um, he played center field uh, for about seven innings. They took him out uh, and uh, let him and uh, give him a day to recuperate and see how his knee responded. And then he uh, was going to. He was playing a third game as a designated hitter and uh, reported that his patellar tendon uh, is, has some soreness, so he was removed from the game. So since that's the injury they've been uh, kind of nursing all season along, it, it, that's not the greatest news in the world, that seven innings of outfield work. Uh, might have been too much already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely not good news. They, I believe probably the best idea is just to shut him down for the season. So, and just, you know, go on with what we have, unless they think there's a, a short timetable that, you know, maybe he can, you know, take a little time off and then, you know, head back down, you know, give it another try at rehab again, and then, you know, maybe, maybe join the club before the season's done. But at this point, I just, I, I think we're just better off without him, without taking the risk. You don't think they'll bring him up and say, well, he's going to be the DH. Um, no. No, <laughs> just, no. I don't know either. Um yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. The good news is though Alex Kirloff looks like he won't be too much longer before he's back. He's hit a couple of home runs, I think, uh, in uh, a few games down there. Uh, doesn't sound like he'll be activated uh, for the series. They're starting with Cleveland tonight. Um, but um, maybe shortly thereafter he'll be back in the lineup. Uh, so that'll um, another bat that we can use, and uh, um, so that's positive to hear about that, and uh, that that shoulder's not bothering him anymore. Uh, it seems like so. Uh, now off the field news or news not all that related to the twins, we got a ton of that. Um. <laughs> Kind of a crazy thing happened this last week. Uh, it's been covered by a lot of people, so a lot of our listeners probably already know about it. Um, so um, we, you know, we talked about it a lot when it was July, um, that at the end of July and uh, beginning of August is what they call the... Uh, non-waivered trade deadline date. Um, and uh, so that's obviously coming on. But after that, um, you can still, you can't make any trades per se, but you can put guys on waivers. Um, the only thing is if you do that and they're claimed, you get nothing back. The only positive is you 
for you is you don't have to pay them anymore. Uh, the other team does. And the Anaheim Angels went crazy with doing that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This week, this last week. Uh, what was it? Six players? They got, I got here, they got, they put Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchick all on waivers. Um, and, uh, Cleveland claimed, uh, Giolito, Matt Moore, and Lopez. Um, and the way it works is, and why they were able to claim them all is once they're exposed to waivers, then they're um, open for every other team to put a claim in them. But it, the team with the lowest record uh, that puts a claim in is rewarded the, the players. Um, and that's what happened. Cleveland was the team with the worst record uh, of all the teams put in a claim. So they got all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. You know, definitely a, you know, definitely kind of a shock on how the angels, you know, went about this, but as far as surprising, no, you know, what was really surprising was, you know, that they tried to acquire all these guys, before the trade deadline, because I, you know, they thought they were, in they it just, they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and to me, they just—I still didn't think. I don't think they should have been buyers. No, you know, I think they should have been sellers. And you know, much like the rest of Major League, you know, they thought they should have sold also. Um, yeah. But with that being said, you know. Most of these guys, I mean, Giolito, uh, Lopez, Grinchik, I mean, those guys were three guys that they were, you know, that they had gotten, Yep. you know, from tra- in trades. All of them, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but anyways, this will be a huge, ro- this will definitely be a huge money dump for them. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of stinks that, you know, three of them went to Cleveland, but hey, you know, Cleveland is still eyeballing that uh I think they can. you know that division so yeah you know and right around. now is a good yeah right now is a good time you know worst case scenario is if they you know they can probably dump these guys i assume they can dump them if they if the results don't come in for them well, i think but, they're all free agents um at the yep. end of the season so if they can't afford them they won't be back um yep. the only guy of those so, or I should say the, the one guy of all those that I wish the Twins could have gotten was Matt Moore, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, I've always liked him from the time when he was a stud starter with Tampa Bay. Um, but Let's say he played with the Tigers, too, didn't he? I could have. I, I, I know he played with the Rangers a time or two. Um and I, but I can't think of all. Oh, and the Giants, I remember him with. Um, other than that, uh, he might have been a Tiger. I yeah, he played. Uh, he played 2019 with the Tigers. Okay. I so guess I don't. Very short. St- yeah, actually, he'll be played two games. Oh, that's why I don't remember <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. It was less than a cup of coffee. Okay. I don't know why. 
why he was there then. That's interesting. Um, but now that and now that he's a reliever, uh, would have been could have been nice because uh, solid left-handed arm uh, might have been a nice add to the Twins bullpen. But he didn't get to the Twins in the waiver process. Um, so, and I'm not in the least bit really worried about Lucas Giolito, who will be making his Guardians debut against the Twins tonight. Uh, and Ronaldo Lopez, uh, I think he's got a history of kind of being wild, if I'm right. Yeah, he's been, he's kind of had an up and down career. So, you know, he was originally going to be a starter and, you know, control issues. And then, uh, I know he had some injuries and then they tried to, uh, uh, you know, then they put him into the relief pitching role and, you know, he seems to be okay in that role. And I would assume that's pretty much what Cleveland's going to do with him. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, but it is interesting that all those guys, uh, lasted about a month with, with the angels. And then the angels decided to abandon ship. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you said, um, so yeah, that does make you wonder about the uh, the uh, thought process they had going into the whole thing and why they would have, well, what exactly they thought had in their minds that they thought they could still contend because they completely have fallen apart. Um, mm-hmm. Deadline and uh, yeah. So it did not work for them. Uh, and there was a couple other well, put on waivers. Uh, they they went to the those couple guys went to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Harrison Bader and what else? Oh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, yep. There now there's another guy who uh, was with the Angels who was put on waivers. Those guys are both Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Randall Gritchick for some reason went unclaimed um, so he's still an angel uh, I'm kind of surprised about that that nobody decided they wanted to take a shot at him but poor yeah. now he's stuck with a team that's going nowhere <laughs> um, but maybe he'll get playing time and maybe he'll stick with the angels it seems like he was at one time, a highly regarded prospect with the uh, Cardinals, and uh, uh, it hasn't quite turned out that he's lived up to uh, the expectations, maybe. But yeah, he was definitely one of the names I had on the list of outfielders for the Twins to maybe you know take a shot at mm-hmm. you know in a trade. So, because the Rockies were definitely not going anywhere, but yeah, definitely a surprise that he was not claimed off waivers. So, but you know, like you said, I mean, you know, he'll just finish the season with finish the season where he's at, and you know, kind of reset to next year. Yep. Yeah. So, um, then what else? Oh. Uh, Another guy who was waived is a name familiar to Twins fans. Uh, Jorge Lopez, tenure with the Marlins is over. 
uh, did not go well at all. Um, and he is now back with the Orioles. Uh, he was waived on that same day that all the all these other players were waived. Um, so I find that interesting that his tenure at the Marlins, I think, basically went worse than he was doing with the Twins. Uh, yeah. And uh, but now he's back in a place where he had a lot of success, which is why the Twins decided to try to grab him in the first place. Um, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, good hopefully, for him. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully things work out with him with Baltimore. You know, and I'd say if it doesn't work out with Baltimore, I would probably say his career might be kind of in limbo. Yeah. So, because, you know, he's moved around now to three teams in the last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's not having any success. And we know that, you know, the mental, you know, his mental health has been a big issue for him. Mm-hmm. So, and hopefully everything's going okay with that department, but, you know, maybe returning back to Baltimore is just what he needs. Yeah, hopefully for his, whatever comfort level he found there that was allowing him to be successful is what what he needs. Ah, Time will tell. Um, Then uh, another kind of a need history thing happened. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves uh, became the first player in history to be a 30-60 guy, which means he has 30 home runs this year and 60 stolen bases. So, first player to ever accomplish that. And uh, that's nuts. That. Uh, yeah, not that anybody's very... not done that, but to have that kind of numbers is nuts. So. Well, and especially with the way you know the game has changed, rules you know with the rule changes this season, you know, I mean, nobody would ever thought that you would see those kind of numbers ever again, or live alone anything close to that. Um, because you know you're getting there towards what kind of like what Ricky Henderson used to do, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he'd hit, he had a few seasons with a lot of home runs, but you, you know, we, we all know he's known for stealing bases mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just crazy that just a few rule changes has just kind of turned, you know, a whole dynamic of the game to what it is right now. So, um, no, I think that's awesome for Acuna. Um, he's definitely a very awesome young player. Um, definitely going to be as you know as long as everything goes all right. He's, I think he's definitely going to be probably a, probably one of the biggest stars you know in his uh, in his time in with MLB. Yeah, and I uh, think. Personally, I think he's well on his way to being the National League MVP. Uh, oh, by far. I mean, there's other guys. I think Mookie Betts is the other quote-unquote favorite, but uh, Mookie's not. Mookie's, well, he's a speedster. He's not, he doesn't have 60 stolen bases already. That's for sure. 
And it, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but like you said, or, uh, I don't know if it's so much the rules, um, but you just, you don't see guys running anymore. Um, um, I couldn't tell you the last time a guy stole 40 bases. Uh, maybe it was him. Maybe it was Ronald himself, but, um, but to have 60 in this day and age where most teams are, um, relying on a power laden lineup or they don't believe in stealing bases because of the risk it is that, uh, given the other team a free out, um, you don't see guys really steal much anymore. And so for a guy to be running rock wild like uh, Ronald, it is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So, and I kind of well, love it. And, <laughs> yeah, and actually the whole stolen base thing is just, it's totally you know, resurrected. I, I mean, I, I'm still going to go with some of the rule changes is what kind of resurrected that part of the game, you but, know, and uh, made help. baseball kind of exciting again. And, you know, like I said, I, if I hope that, you know, this is something that they, they plan on keeping because I think it's made baseball exciting again. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely you do see more action uh, now on the bases um, than I can remember for several seasons. Um, and, but nothing, nobody's done it to this, this length that Ronald, that Acuna has been doing it. Um, so um, maybe after seeing this, some guys who have the, this type of speed, will be like, well, he can do it. Maybe I'll try running more. Don't know if I'll get to 60 stolen bases, but 30 <laughs> or 40 maybe. Um, yeah, there you go. You know? um, so we'll see how um, if that if we see more of that. Um, let's see here. And then the last, oh, not the last thing. Um uh, one other thing as far as uh, players changing teams that uh, um, remember last week we had mentioned that or no oh, actually we didn't because it happened the same yep. week uh, this past this past week uh, Josh Donaldson a former twin uh, he was released by the Yankees and uh didn't have a job for a couple of days, but now he does again. He was signed to a minor league contract by the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so he is uh, currently in their with their AAA team, and uh, I guess waiting for an opportunity to be called up and uh, continue his career with the Brewers now. And I. I question why the Brewers did it. I, I, I mean, just really because I don't know what Josh has left. You know, the man yeah. injured every five minutes. Uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, most definitely. I, I really, it's hard to say. I mean, because he's what, 37? 37, yeah. He's old. You know, and... yeah, I mean, it's just, there there can't be that much left. And he's, you know, I, you know, he couldn't make it in, he couldn't make it with New York, you know, and the fact that, you know, he was also kind of a, uh, how do we say it? You know, a little bit of a distraction. He's a butthead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's a there's a better way to put it. He's a butthead. But um, you know, it's just it it just makes you wonder what the Brewers are. The Brewers just that desperate. They don't have a lot of depth. You know, at first base, that they you know they need to take a flyer on a guy you know in the minors who you know like I said has been coming downhill for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, they got them for cheap, so you get it that way. Um, but uh, I guess they figured it doesn't hurt much. But um, if he, um, I'm just, you know, besides the fact that I don't know that you can get anything out of him, uh, you know, because his body's falling apart and he's not near the player he used to be. Um, you don't want a guy on there that could potentially ruin a club clubhouse. He's got a reputation of doing that in a few places now. Um, At least once everywhere he's been. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Um, you know, um, I mean, this is the same guy who did something I've never seen and I'm sure we'll never see again. Uh, famously with the twins, uh, squawked at an umpire about a pitch, um, but then hit the next pitch out for a home run and as he's crossing home plate, gets ejected because he's still mad about that pitch that called a strike on him. I've never seen that before and I doubt I'll ever see it again but yeah, I was gonna say he drew a line didn't he yeah he kicked dirt on the plate and yeah, kicked dirt on the plate drew a line yeah that was just what a moron <laughs> uh, get over it dude you hit the next pitch out what do you want <laughs> uh, I don't know um, but at the same time though he is pretty smart as far as you know he knows all about analytics and stuff. Um, yes. He is a smart ball player. He just physically, I don't, I think he ought to think about retiring um, long and hard this offseason. Because um, he's not, even if he continues to play, he's not going to make a, nobody's going to sign him for a lot of money. Um, no. I think. He, he needs to recognize he's near the end, and maybe he does. He just wants to finish this season. I don't know. Who knows what he's thinking? He hasn't said. But um, then the last thing we should mention that is baseball-related that uh, just came across uh, that before we started, uh, big problem happened early or late last night or early this morning. 
Dodgers left-hander Julio Urias. I'm not sure how to say that ever. Urias. Uh, Urias. There you go. He was uh, arrested last night and charged with felony domestic violence. Um, and um, I'm sure if he hasn't been, he will be put on the Dodgers restricted list. And uh, don't know. I don't know any of the details. I don't know if anything more has come out. But uh, it was booked last night and released early this morning on $50,000 bond. And uh, this was reported by ESPN uh, reporter Jeff Passan. And he added that Urias has a court date coming up in the end of September here um, in regards to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a huge blow to the Dodgers. Um, he's definitely one of their best starting pitchers. Um, all I can say is, I mean, we don't know any details, but just the fact of what he's already, you know, what charges are pending against him already. That is just, there, there's no room for that kind of crap no. in our game, you know, in our sport or any sport. Life. You know, you know yes, yeah, life in general. I mean, it's just, you know, we've seen it happen to a few players, you know, in the uh, in the MLB, you know, that have had to miss time. I mean, look at uh, what's his name from Atlanta, you know. I mean, it's, oh, uh, I mean, he's still out there playing, but you know, uh, his, you know, he's not as, you know, not as well liked yeah. as he used to be, but yeah. yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this was, it's a huge blow to not only just to him, you know, as a baseball player and, you know, you think of all these young fans that looked up to him and it's, it's been tarnished, you know, and you know, it's just, it's kind of curious to see what's going to happen. I don't know what his contract situation is or, you know, I mean, I don't know how the Dodgers are going to handle this, but it's just, I don't know. It's really, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes when I see some of these athletes who get themselves in these, these kind of troubles, you know, because as far as I've known, I've never heard of Uriah, Urias having any type of you know issues with the law you know but then again i don't you know maybe there might be more than we know about you know yeah under the surface but i mean it's just just ridiculous really stupid i mean mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't care i don't care what happens i mean you're a, you're you're an athlete and a huge spotlight like that, or, you know, or even whether you're just you and I, you know, a normal person like you and I walk away, get out of the situation, walk away, you know, do what you can do, remove yourself from what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't have all the words for it, but it, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Uh, just looking what it said, um, so I guess Sam Blum of the Athletic reports that Urias was charged with corporal injury on a spouse. Um, 
and um, the 27-year-old the has been pitching for the Dodgers since 2016. He does have a uh, previous problem, it looks like, here. Back in 2019, he was arrested after reportedly shoving a female companion to the ground. Okay. Um, I guess I didn't know that. I forgot about that myself. And uh, he was placed on administrative leave at that time. And, uh, and but uh, so that happened a few years ago. Um, so unfortunately, it looks like this is not new um, in this man's life. Um, no, and uh, hopefully we'll see um, if he finally gets the message. Don't do crap. Um, and uh, Dodgers have released the following statement that they're aware of the incident, uh, and while they attempt to learn all the facts, he won't be traveling with the team. And, and uh, so. Yep. Yep. That's the latest information on that. Well, I'm okay. glad the Dodgers have, you know, you know, at least not letting him travel with the team, you know, letting letting the system take its course. So, you know, hopefully if he is convicted and all this other stuff that, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some suspension, I oh, would yeah. think. Oh, yeah. And, you know, whether it's going to be a team, you know, whether the team makes their own decision on the suspension, but we already know that MLB will. The league will. Obviously, yeah, the league will definitely have, you know, their own plans on on the suspension. So I think even if you're accused of something like this, it's an automatic suspension. I could be wrong. Well, that's good. Um, If it is, that's good. (laughs) Um. And it's a hefty one too. It's yeah, it's pretty big deal. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Again, this I mean, this is less than twenty four hours old, so um, there's no real details about it, um, other than what uh, what we just talked about. Um, so. Other than all of that, which was quite a bit, um, oh, I guess in the world of yucky news, we could mention this. Uh, a weird thing happened at in Chicago this past week. There was a, a shooting incident uh, during the White, a White Sox game this week. Uh, thankfully, yeah. nobody was seriously hurt. Uh, uh-huh. The bullet uh, discharged and, and uh, grazed a couple of women, it sounds like. Um, but that's that's all we know uh, for sure. Well, actually, I know a little bit of detail on it. You want to hear it on a humorous note? Do you hear? Did you hear what the female was hiding the gun? Yeah, you know, first it was reported that it flew. Yeah, we'll, we'll get one because um, the original report on it was that he uh, or that it, the shooting 
the gun was discharged like a mile away from, Hi. Hi. from the place. But um, um, after that, the um, after the after some investigation, it sounds like it was actually a fan in the ballpark, and you can tell mm-hmm. what happened there. Well, apparently she snuck a gun in the game, and you know, and women who, you know, <laughs> sometimes you would think. Okay, she must have had it in her purse. No, she didn't have it in her purse. Mm-hmm. She had it on her, but apparently this gal was a larger woman because she was able to hide it underneath her fat. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Like, yeah, I'm like, huh? <laughs> and I actually had to rewatch, or I had to look back and read that again to make sure I understood this right because I'm like, she had it hiding where and apparently underneath her i think it was her stomach fat between you know her stomach fat and her pelvic region and i'm like okay <laughs> i'm like a disgusting b why <laughs> I, I yeah how i mean she obviously snuck she got through security with it mm-hmm. i mean you can't tell me the metal detectors did not go off which i'm They're sure they not. did but i think uh-huh. Well, and I think they might have, yeah. but they just couldn't find nothing. They couldn't. They probably checked her, but they couldn't find nothing metal. She could have probably just said, "Oh, I have a a metal, you know, a, a a piece of metal in my body because of you know a surgery or something." You know, anybody who's got metal limbs, you know, yes. Um, or maybe it was something in the purse that cause she did have a purse on her. But that could be true. Yeah, I just I don't know. They, but that is they deemed that whatever it was wasn't important. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was really really odd. You know, I mean, luckily nobody was hurt. But how stupid? <laughs> why why do you need to bring a gun to a game? I mean, I get it. It's south side of Chicago, probably not the best place to be sometimes at night, but I mean, how how unsafe do you feel that you're going to a game and you're bringing a gun? I mean, you should at least be somewhat feel safe. Yeah, if you're, if you don't, if you feel unsafe enough where you're bringing a gun, why why would you go? I wouldn't, exactly. I wouldn't be going if I felt I needed a gun with me. Um, I personally, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's just me. It sounds like you're the same. Uh, but that's that's weird. So, uh, anyway, big series for the win for the Twins and Guardians is underway as we finish up here. Uh, I think it's much bigger for the uh, Guardians than it is the Twins. It's basically yes. do or die if for Cleveland. Uh, they they want any semblance at the uh, of a chance here. They pretty much probably need to sweep uh, the Twins here. Yeah, um, yeah, most definitely. They gotta they gotta at least come out. You know, if the guard uh, to me, you know, not, you know, not even just a sweep. I mean, if to me, if the Guardians want to stay alive at all in 
you know, have a chance at the division, they definitely would have to win two games against the Twins. But so far, you know, they've kind of had the Twins number. So, I mean, hopefully this series is a little bit different, but, um, yeah. But uh, the Twins are off to a good start as uh, Jorge Polanco goes deep. So it's one nothing Twins in the first. Uh, All right. So... We'll see. And Royce Lewis just singled. So Lucas Giolito's first start as a guardian is not going well yet. Um, but I don't know. Did you have anything else that we didn't cover? Nope. I don't know. Good. I think we hit everything. So. All right. Well, thank you people for listening to this. And uh, you can find us all on the social medias um, if you like. And, uh, and of course, any podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, you should be able to find us. And uh, tell your friends if they're Twins fans. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. And you guys have a good week. Yep. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Twins Nation podcast. You can follow the show on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Twins Nation podcast. On Twitter, we're at, at Twins Nation pod. And Joe is at Big Joe Gun.